Amen. Hello, everyone. Good to see you there here, and good to um, know that you're watching. Sorry about the sound problem um, earlier on. I don't know why there was no sound, or but well, I know now why there was no sound. I don't know why that sound wasn't there at the beginning. But nevertheless, we're here, and God is good all the time. All the time. Good is good. Just not too loud. Not allowed to say it too loud. Um, I, my, my subject this morning is simplicity. And that means that my sermon has to be simple. And some may say that if it's simple, it needs to be short. Um, so I'm aiming for both of those things. Um, if it is simple, that means it shouldn't be new. Um, and so the challenge shouldn't necessarily come in the theology. It's probably going to come in the application. And that's something that we as church have to go away and think about. What does this mean to us? And uh, I'm following on a bit from Daniel. There'll be some similarities there from what he shared last week. Um, but just to give you a bit of a background of how really um, I've come to this um, message was a couple of weeks ago, Daniel and I were praying. We was was up in the room upstairs just praying together and just... Just being with the Lord and really wanting to just continue to hear the Lord's guidance, but we wasn't really praying so dramatically. We wasn't on our knees banging, you know, wanting to sort of break through into things. Or we were just sitting and enjoying God together. And um, and I had a real revelation. I don't know if it's a revelation or epiphany or just it's just a release or something that's really helped me to see beyond what's going on at the moment and I guess in my own life and I think this is a word for us as a church otherwise I wouldn't be sharing it clearly um, but you know over this pandemic one thing is for sure things change and they change a lot and um, we're trying to do things that we used to do and we're trying to figure out how to do them now and 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 so forth and um, um, and you know I think we're getting used to adapting I think we probably don't realise how much we're getting used to adapting to the change. Um, we're doing that a lot. And um, and so, you know, this is uh, what's really interesting about this from a leadership perspective is that um, you're forever just looking at what and how you can do what you've been doing within the confines that you are given and those confines change, those restrictions change. And so, you know, how do we continue to worship God? How do we learn from God, learn to be like Jesus, how do we come together as a church? How do we meet together, you know, um, and how do we reach out to unbelievers? All those things from a church leadership perspective, as I find myself thinking and praying, what is it that we can do? And, um, and I don't know whether you have realised this, there can also be, and this was a realisation of mine, that there is a lot of pressure for things to work really well. You feel the pressure that church is going really well. And you talk to other pastors and you say, you know, how's church going? And most pastors say, yeah, it's going all right. I don't really know. Because we're not able to sort of be all in one place and we don't, we can't just go and be with people. And But everyone seems to have the same kind of sense that I've spoken to anyway. Um, is, is that there can be, I think, a bit of pressure and a bit of a burden to make things go well and for things to be good and for things, you know, so that everyone's happy and this kind of thing. To, let me put it in this word, there's a pressure to be successful in whatever you're doing. And you do listen to some, I was talking to one, one pastor and, and he said, I, I said, to him, how's it going? He said, oh, do you know what, it's been really amazing. In fact, our giving's gone up, you know, we've had people come into the church and I'm, and I'm thinking, not that our giving's gone down, I, I don't really get it. But it's partly thinking, 
or you listen to other people, yeah, you know, people are really, you're thinking, oh, well, what are we doing wrong? Or, or you know, what can we do better? And you just feel this kind of pressure. And, um, you know, and we've been busy. We've been busy in the church, the cafe, you know, even when we just locked down, it was busy getting people connected, doing videos and all these kind of things, you know, keep the momentum going. We've been renovating the flats. We've got people coming, you know, living in the flat and getting new, these new workers involved and, um, and, uh, and all this kind of thing and the cafe and, you know, life can be really busy. And, um, and, and as I was praying, of all these things that just sort of float in and out of my mind, you know, and, and just sort of, you know, you want to really honour the Lord in everything you do, don't you? Um, I just felt this release, and it was a release that was essentially and fundamentally about keeping it simple. Uh, what is the simple, the most important thing for us right now? And uh, And that's what I want to speak about. And again, it touches on... It follows on from what Daniel was, was talking about. And I've just got four things. I think it's four things because I, I did delete one because Drew said to me it has to be short. So I deleted one um, because it might have added a bit of unnecessary complexity. Um, but I, it's a really good thing I think we need to hear about that I might speak on another time. But the first uh, point is this. I'm just going to get my drink. Excuse me. Take your time. Um, it's from Philippians chapter 3 verse 8. And he says this, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. He counted, and the context of that is his background, his status, his theological understanding or whatever, all these kind of things as a Pharisee. But he said, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. And this simple thing I want us to think about and want us to build our lives around. This is application because I, I, I want to tell you these things and I want you to go away and I want you to think about this and consider, well, how am I operating in these simple things? And, and I would even put before you that these need to be priorities. And so the first thing is this, is to know Jesus personally. And I, as I said, this is no new breakthrough, by the way. I mean, we should all know this. Um, but we're to know Jesus personally. As I sat there in that room, and I just felt released, I felt at peace, I felt rest, and the joy and the desire just to know Jesus and when I say know Jesus, I mean have a personal relationship with him. Not know about Jesus, not know what Jesus has done, not just know the promises of Jesus, or whatever, but to know him like I can know you and know a person. There is this, I think at our core, there must be this pursuit, this desire to know Jesus above every other thing. When, um, you know, we... <clears throat> Um, we sat in this corner, some of us, there was the, 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 the Jack and Naomi and Tim and Bianca and these London City Mission guys and we sat, Jan and I, and we sat in a socially distant circle in our first meeting and we talked about doing the youth work, reaching out to families and I said, I said, why are we doing this? I said, why are we doing this? I said, we're doing this 
so that we can introduce people to Jesus. And the second thing is so that we can help people know Jesus more. That's entirely what we're not doing this to have successful activities. We're not doing this so that we can be, people can say, oh, have you heard what, you know, what Elton's doing or whatever? You know, I don't know if people think like that, but, um, but if one person comes to know Jesus, we're not, as we said a, a, a few weeks ago about the Iranian church, you know, they're not after converts, they're after disciples, and the disciple is someone who knows Jesus. And so, what are we doing? You know, one of the great tragedies I said, and I don't mind repeating this a lot, the great tragedies I think is that there are so many people that will stand before the Lord and he will say, I never knew you. And all the activities that they did, well, we cast out demons in your name, we prophesied in your name. I mean, if you if you met a person and you said to me, John, I've seen this guy, and we was him, and he cast out a demon, you would assume that that person knows Jesus. Well, there's, according to that scripture, there's no assumption that you can operate in the ministries, if you like, yet not know Jesus. To know Him and the joy of knowing Him, Paul said to Timothy that there will be people who will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. You know, in that passage, the sense is that there is some uh, deceptive knowledge of those people. They go around deceiving people. I'm not talking about those people. I think those people deep down know they don't know Jesus. But it's it's this uh, challenge to us Are we just settling for what we think being a Christian is or do you know Jesus? Do you know him personally? And I think that's that's got to be our goal. And, And I would say this, to know Jesus personally is the normal Christian life. To know Jesus, to recognize him when he's in the room is to see him in the lives of people. Not just because they've got good works, but there's something that recognizes. I see Jesus in Tracy. She might not think it sometimes. But you recognise it, not based on, on, you know, oh, they do all these good works. They could actually be people that you go, oh, for crying out loud. But I see Jesus in them. Jesus is in them. You know, when you're sitting and you're in your time of prayer, which is a command of Jesus, you, you could put it that way, when you pray, go into your inner room, you know, there's an assumption, there's an assumption that is how you have a relationship with Jesus. And, he's, and when you sit in there and you just, there is an experience of relationship with Jesus. And I want to be careful here, I'm not saying that every, you know, if you're not feeling Jesus right now, you don't know him. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that because there are times where you walk through the valley of the shadow of death and all you have is the promises of God and what you have is what God has spoken to you and, and, the, and the times when you spent with Jesus because sometimes he can feel most far off. In fact, those times are when he's drawing us most closely. But nevertheless, sometimes we don't feel Jesus, but there are times when we do. And, and what I mean by that is I know when Jana is around. I know Jana because she's, I know when she's in the room. And you can have that same experience with Jesus, the same sense of his love, his guidance, and, and at times maybe his challenge or his slap round the back of the head, if you've ever had one of those. Um, but there is an experience and our goal should be to know him and our goal should be to lead people into a relationship with him, into a deeper relationship with him. How are we encouraging one another to know Jesus? 
To know about him is not enough, but to know about him should lead to knowing him. And this is what I want to lead on to my second point. First one is to know Jesus. Second one is to know the word. John 5, 39-40. You search, this is what Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. And what I want to bring out there is that it is the scriptures that bear witness about Jesus. And you could take, if you wanted, to go into Hebrews chapter 10, isn't it? The word of God is powerful and effective like a double-edged sword. Um, and that word is logos. It's, it's talking about Jesus. If you go to in that passage, he personalises the word. Jesus is the word and we have the word. This isn't Jesus, but it is the spoken word. And through this word, through the by the Holy Spirit, it ministers into our being. It is a spiritual thing going on there, not a knowledge thing. It's a spiritual thing that builds us up. We eat from his word, as it were. And anyone who wants to know Jesus, but never uses this, will never know Jesus. Uh, uh, that might surprise you, but I cannot see how you can not, never pick up the Bible and read it and learn it and spend time in it and think that you're going to get to know Jesus more. That's why many have died over the, over the thousands of years or have written to it or have died in this country to bring it to us because of the importance that this word here brings life. It is the word of God. Not just a text, understand me, not just a text. If you want facts, you'll get facts. If you want Jesus, you'll get Jesus. And when we read it, we've got to allow it to minister to us. We've got to believe that the word of God is life. We've got to obey the word of God. We've got to learn for it. You know, Jeremiah 17 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things. And I wonder how much deception is in Christian lives at the moment. Because as long as they get the verse of the day, they'll write. Or maybe, well, I read a daily reading thing. If a daily reading book doesn't lead you to the scriptures, then it's probably not worth reading. And I read two daily reading things. I read Oswald Chambers and, and Spurgeon. Sometimes Oswald Chambers goes over my head, but Spurgeon is always rich and he's always biblical. And it ministers to you, it causes you to want to go and pick up and say, what does that mean? And read it and meditate on it. It's okay to meditate on the scriptures, by the way. Sit, chew over it. There's a Latin word, divina lecta, I think it is, or lectum, looking around for anyone who knows Latin. It means divine word. It says, look, you know, it's not in the paper or in the ink, but the word of God, if I just listen to that, if I read it, if I meditate on it, there is a spiritual activity which is building me up and feeding my spirit. It's not about whether I understand it. Understanding often comes afterwards. We need understanding often to be able to teach it. But the word of God is powerful. That's why whether you understand it or not, keep going, keep reading. Because one day, I remember the day when I was younger, when suddenly Romans made sense to me. But I'd read it a few times <laughs> before that happened. And I think I was reading it in the AV. How about that? That's the old version for the younger ones amongst us. Meditate on it. Believe it and obey it. That's simple, isn't it? Read it. Think on it. Pray over it. And obey it. Am I keeping it simple? Good.
See, if we really want to know Christ, we have to get into his word. As I said, if you want facts and figures, you'll get facts and figures. But when you go into it with a heart to know Jesus, you will find Jesus. And so we need to prioritise. You know, I listen to YouTube sermons, I watch videos, I listen to songs, but you can never get what you can out of them that you do out of this. It's great to hear preachers. It's great to listen to me on a Sunday, I'm sure, I hope. (laughs) But when you go direct, that's the goal. The goal isn't that you come and hear what I say. The goal is that what what I say would encourage you to go away to find what the Lord is saying to you, isn't it? Point three. So we want to know Jesus, we want to know his word, and we want to do that together. Gather together. It says, let us stir, uh, consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Uh, my friend Matt, some of you know, says this a lot. He says, what is God doing on the earth right now? He's building his church. That's his, what he's doing right now on the earth. He's building his church. And we are his church. And I've said this before. You know, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. If people are neglecting to gather together, they're going against Christ. Oh, John, you really are putting them out some. I can't see how you can neglect gathering together and believe that you are doing a service to the Lord. Now, there's a difference between the Lord sends you out and, and next week we'll be commissioning Richard and Demola. We'll be sending them out into another country, though they'll be joining with others. But what if we sent them out somewhere and there was not one church around them like church planters do? That's a completely different thing. You know, where two or three are gathered there, Jesus is in the midst, amen? Where there's two or three gathered there. But they're going out and, correct me if I'm wrong, Rich, there's a team. There is church operating in the context of mission. It's the people coming together. And we have this blessing in this day and age to do things in technology. And I know some people don't like technology. And I just say to you, well, look, that's fine as long as you gather together. And what can we do? We can gather in up to six people at the moment. And we can gather together and we can grow together in the Lord. We can encourage one another, as it says in that verse, um, stirring up one another to love and good works. And maybe we need to think simply and, and rather than the maybe at the moment things are too complicated. Zoom numbers and passwords and all sorts of things. But what if I, I just put a message out and said, I'm just going down the pub just because there's a place we can go and I'm, let's just look at the scriptures, encourage one another and talk. On Wednesday I went um, for, to Nando's and I met a, um, a, a guy who is a, he's just about to plant a church. He's from another church in Dartford and, um, and we're just we just talked about family, we talked about life, we talked about COVID-19, as everyone does, and they, uh, the pandemic and all this kind of thing. And I tell you, it was like life was just pumping up inside of me. It's like, you know when Mary went to see Elizabeth and in the womb the baby leapt with joy? It's like that kind of thing, as far as I'm aware of what that feels like. There's some joy bubbling up when you're with other people who love the Lord and just talking about the Lord and you, and you just feel encouraged. You know, there's just the simplicity of it, rather than say, you know, you know, let's do a Bible study, okay, let's read, you know, I'm not saying that's wrong, I think that's fantastic, but is there a simple time where we are just meeting together as church, as and when people can, and we're just using that time to encourage one another to go on in the Lord? Is it, is it still simple? Am I doing alright, Drew? Time. 
to know, so we meet to know just personally. And I just was talking to the, the community, some of the community groups that, that Joe and I attend and just sharing the same thing. And it's, it's amazing how many people go, yeah, that's just right up what I want. You know? Just to do stuff in the face. Maybe there's two or three of us we can meet that time. And, and it's just keeping it simple. You know, my last point, number four. And this is, I think, when we think about where two or three gathered, there I, I am in the midst. And I think that's a principle. Where two or three gathered, I'm in the midst. That's a principle that you can apply to many things. Um, and this is the fourth thing. It's to expect Jesus in the midst. And this is something I've just been thinking about this last week. Um, about when we come together, two or three... So that's me when I meet with one other, Jesus is in the midst. Me and Marcus met up this week, Jesus was in the midst. And when Jesus is in the midst, there's, a, there's an opportunity for an, an encounter with Jesus. And, uh, and this is what, I was chatting to this guy Melvin, and he was talking about this, and it was just like, I'm going to steal that, and I'm going to use that, amen, I love it, because in the previous week, Daniel mentioned about this little story I heard from Rabbi Zacharias, if you don't know Rabbi Zacharias, you should YouTube him, he's, he's gone to be with the Lord now, but fantastic man, one of these apologetics kind of guys, but he's so good with words, simple and everything, he talked about this, he went to this meal in Budapest, and there were these high-powered kind of um, individuals from the government or scientists or whatever. And they all didn't believe in God, all atheists. And um, uh, I say, Daniel mentioned this because someone, um, his colleague, not, not, uh, nudged him and said, you should pray, offer to pray for them. And so uh, he said, oh, my colleague has said that I should pray for you. Is anything we can pray for you? And they, or I, I don't know if they asked them, he just prayed for them. And he, anyway, he prayed. And then the next day, they came to this event to the, um, they weren't invited, but they came to hear him. And one of them said to him this, said, um, about when he prayed for him, he said, I've never heard anybody talking to God with such comfort before. You prayed like you really knew who you were talking to. I was walking the streets and I said, God, I don't know you, but I want to know you and I want to be able to unburden my heart to you and know you are listening. And, uh, and he gave him his life to the Lord that night. But this is what Rabbi Zacharias says. He says, praying for them at the right moment may be better than giving them a little sermon. I wonder what would happen if we had a mentality and you're meeting someone in the coffee shop or there's two or three of you and then you invite a friend. You know, What would it take to create an encounter for them to meet Jesus? What if just the fact that they're, they're there with you is an opportunity for them to encounter Jesus. Do we think like that? I don't. I do now. I think, what would it take if Jenna and I go around some friends, some, maybe our neighbours up the road or something? What would it take to create an opportunity for an encounter? The other day, I was uh, Ben was going to bed and I, I gave him a cuddle. And here's, here's just a little example. I don't know whether this will make sense to you. Keeping it simple. I said, I said, you know, good night, Ben. You know, love you. Um, I said, are you still loving Jesus? He said, yeah. yeah. And my point there, if you noticed it was, I brought Jesus into it. Because you never know what Jesus and what the Spirit will do with that little word that pops into his heart. That little question, whether he will go to bed and he will question it. He'll chew on it. He'll agree with it. What if we were around someone's house and we said, you know, oh, this is, this is great. 
you know, I'd love to just pray for you. Oh, would you have the boldness? And what I love about this story of Rabbi Zacharias was that it wasn't necessarily what he said. It's what he, he expressed. He, this man knows God. Years ago, Sam Reynolds, some of you will know Sam Claire Reynolds, got married in the Tudor barn. And uh, after that, I'd got to know the staff there and done some work there and things. And uh, the, the lady who run the, uh, the um, who still does the Tudor barn, said to me, when Sam was talking, and he was, up to, he was talking about God, it freaked me out, because I've never heard anyone talk about God as if they know him. See, what a privilege we got that we know Jesus. And what could we do to bring Jesus, or uh, uh, create an environment for them to encounter Jesus? You never know, do you? Keeping it simple. Pray for them, encourage them. We uh, Ages ago, I was just thinking of times where we'd done this ages ago. Uh, I was thinking of Sarah, um, a friend of, of Jana's, um, through the choir, and I, and, uh, and I said, I'd love to speak a blessing over you. And she was like, really? Because she was up, up for all sorts of spiritual things. And so uh, I just spoke this blessing over her. And um, I don't know, I can't remember, but she was blown away by it, wasn't she? She was kind of like, uh, for about a week, she said, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, who knows where that where where that would have gone? I don't know. Um, our friends had a baby, and um, I said, "Oh, how's how's the baby?" And said, "Oh, he's not very well." I was, Could you come and pray for her? I said, "Yeah." So I went round, laid hands on the baby, and prayed. You know, as you do. Um, the next day, I said, "Oh, how's the baby?" Oh, it worked. She's fine. <laughs> um, you know, there are often times where we pray and nothing happens. You know, let's keep it simple. It's not about the result. It's about the activity. It's about creating an encounter. Anyway, I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm drawing to a close. Let's keep it simple. Do you want to know Jesus? Are you getting into his word? Are you expecting, are you doing that with others? gathering together, are you expecting Jesus in the midst? What if we were, and this is how my mind went, I took everything that was on my table and I took it off, I wiped it all, everything. I didn't want to do that dramatically. And I cleared my plate and I said, what's important right now? And so I said, I need to pray I need to enjoy the Lord. I need to be in his word. And I want to just be around people. Just on the basic, let's just talk about the Lord. Love, you know, and enjoy God together. And let's invite people into that. So I want to encourage you to do the same. I want you to go away and think, how am I doing those things? Prioritise those things. Spending time with the Lord. That's got to involve prayer. And what I do, I sit and I do nothing a lot of the time. I sit in quietness and I say I'm available. And you could do, here's, here's an opportunity if you don't have much time or you want to get going. 20 minutes, 5 minutes each. 5 minutes, listen to a song. 5 minutes, read some of the Bible. 5 minutes, be quiet and meditate on it. 5 minutes, just speak to the Lord. Simple. It's 20 minutes. So that's where the challenge, I think, is practical. This is simple stuff, isn't it? But what could happen? 
if we just set aside everything else. How are we doing in church? Are we reaching out? Are we doing all this? Yeah, we're all these, got, I'm getting these young youth people getting out there doing things. Absolutely. But why? I might know Jesus. They might know Jesus. Amen? And let's focus on what we can do and not on what we can't do. I mean, let's pray, shall we? And maybe the guys can come and... Father, I just want to thank you for the joy of knowing Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the simplicity of knowing, Lord, that, that we are loved of you. There's so much more, Lord, that this can lead on to. But just for today, just thinking of these things, Lord, that you are inviting us into a living, personal, loving, accepting relationship, Lord. And to know you, as Paul said, Lord, that is of surpassing worth. Lord, more than anything else. And I want to pray, Lord, for each one of us in this church and as a church, Lord, that we would be about those things that are of most important. Lord, that in our families, Lord, we would make time, in our personal lives, make time to get our priorities right of what is of most important. Lord, to know you. And may you, Lord, help us to be bold, to create an environment for an encounter with Jesus. Lord, give us the ideas. Give us, just lead us in those moments, Lord. Help us not to overcomplicate things, but just simply, Lord, invite people into a place where you are, Lord, where you are in, in that moment. Lord, and I just thank you, Father. Thank you for what we can do. Thank you we can meet at this time, up to six people. Thank you we can gather in in certain places, Lord. And Father, we can do that in the flesh. Thank you for technology for when we can't. But Lord, will you come and help us to fix our eyes on what's most important in these days. Help us to declutter, Lord, to maybe start again thinking about our day-to-day. But Lord, may it be built around wanting and to know you more. In Jesus' name, amen.